Good evening. I want to welcome you on this most holy of nights of Christmas Eve where we gather together to hear the Christmas story told so that it might be renewed in our hearts and we might be rejuvenated by its lessons and its hope for the year to come. This indeed is a holy and solemn night in which we have gathered, and I invite you to join me in our call to worship. You may remain seated. The words are either in your bulletin or on the screens above. Come, faithful watchers, and behold, your salvation is here. We greet the wondrous light, our Messiah, Christ the Lord. We have waited and watched, longing for God to show up and save us from the suffering and pain in our world. The wonderful plight, the fulfillment of our hope. We have waited and watched, longing for peace to reign among us, a peace that removes unjust barriers, frees us from sin, and binds us together as neighbors, family, and friends. We have waited and watched, longing for joy that is persistent in the face of the grief, lament, chaos, and oppression that weigh on us day in and day out. We have waited and watched, longing to encounter the love that transforms us, the love that is now here among us, first as a babe in the manger, then as a teacher, a friend, and our Savior. Indeed, we have come to adore Christ and His birth and His reign over us. I invite you to, re uh, to sit. We will now light the Advent candle, reminding us of the four candles we have been lighting so far this season of hope, of peace, of joy, and of love. And tonight we light the center candle. To a people longing for hope and yearning for deliverance, the prophet Isaiah declared, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. For a child has been born to us, a son given to us, authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Tonight we come seeking hope, peace, joy, and love. We find these things in a child. God made flesh as a baby in a manger, a baby who is both the beginning and the end of our salvation, who dwells with us even now, our Emmanuel, God with us. We live as people in the in-between who celebrate the arrival of the light that shines in lost and broken places as we wait for the day when we will live in the fullness of God's kingdom. We light these candles as signs of our shocking hope, our just peace, our fierce joy, the love that transforms us, and Jesus Christ, our wondrous light. May the light burning in our hearts guide us, comfort us, protect us, and tend us in all seasons in all circumstances, reminding us that day and night, in the light 
and in the darkness, God is with us. Our salvation has come. This evening, more than anything else, as we read through God's story of redemption, I invite you to listen. Listen with fresh ears, stories that you know all too well. Hear them as if hearing them for the first time. Singing our familiar carols that have been buried deep in our hearts through years of Christmas Eve's past. Sing them now with fresh voices proclaiming the message that they bring. Hear the words of our Lord read, proclaimed, and celebrated. We now turn to our first lesson. The first lesson is the peace that Christ will bring is foreshadowed. Isaiah 11, 1 to 9. A shoot will come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. The calf and the lion and the fatling together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall pull his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In the second lesson, the prophet foretells the glory of little Bethlehem. It's from Micah 5, verses 1 to 4. Now you are walled around us with a wall. Siege is laid against us. With a rod they strike the ruler of Israel upon the cheek. But you, O Bethlehem of Ephrathah, who are one of the little clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to rule Israel, whose origin is from of old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has brought forth. Then the rest of his kindred shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and feed his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall live secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. 
Our third lesson this evening is the birth of Jesus. Luke 2, verses 1 through 7. In those days, a decree went out from, the, from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. lesson, the shepherds go to see the Savior. Luke 2, verses 8 through 16. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child lying in the manger. The fifth lesson is from the book of John 1, 1 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into the being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overtake it. There was was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify the light, the true light, which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. 
He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh, and lived among us. And we have seen his, his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. I'd like this evening to give you a few words to ponder in your hearts as you have heard the Christmas story anew. The promise of a Savior, the Son of God, through whom all things were created, through whom all things came to being, who entered the darkness of our world, emptying himself of the glory of God so that he might walk among us, that he might know us, he might know our joys, he might know our laughter, he might know our suffering, he might know our pain. And that is what we celebrate this evening. That we do not serve a God who stayed distant and watched, but became enfleshed, walking among us, Emmanuel, God with us. For when we remember Jesus Christ, born and placed in a manger, we remember that the author of all uh, creation was placed in that manger. Face looked upon by Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, was the face of God. This is the hope. This is the peace and this is the joy that we find this night. It is what we remember and what we hope to hold dear to us each and every day. Over the last few weeks here at Berwyn, we've been spending some time looking at the Gospel story, looking at the good news through the lens of a Christmas carol. Watching and waiting, watching and hoping, and seeing that if Scrooge himself, though fictional, could be redeemed, as bad as he was, there is hope for all. This evening, we look at that transformed life at the end of the story. And the promise that he makes to the ghost of Christmas future, and the promise that he makes to his friends and family and neighbors that he will keep Christmas all the year long, all the days, and keep it in his heart. Now, Charles Dickens said he did do that. And we want that for ourselves, do we not? We want to be enlivened by our celebrations. We want to be enlivened by this telling of the Christmas story. We want to carry its message of goodwill, of hope, and of light in the darkness with us every day. We need this story and this message when we go out into the world and we encounter the darkness within it. When we see where there is hurt and suffering, when we feel it for ourselves or we see it happening to another, when we turn on the news and there is war and there is poverty and it seems so distant, the promises of God to be, with, be fulfilled... Those are the precise moments that we need the Christmas story. 
We need the promise of God with us, walking beside us in the midst of the pain that we see, in the midst of the suffering around us, in the midst of our own pain, confusion, and hurt. God is with us. But it doesn't take long for this feeling of Christmas, this feeling of goodwill, this desire to see the world transformed to disappear and dissipate. No sooner have we placed Jesus in the manger is it time to put the trees away, take down the lights, take down the decorations, and move on. And some of us move on faster than others. With the day after Christmas being that time, and others linger further, but move on we do. Sometimes I wonder if this Christmas spirit that we wish to hold on to dissipates faster than the New Year's resolutions we'll be making next week. We hold on to them. It's in answering this question. But I am struck by something I think I should have seen before, but now see clearly. As much as I love the story of the Christmas carol, the story of transformation and hope, there's little substance of why that transformation and that hope is possible. There is little indication other, indication other than some general Christmas spirits that are visiting this man of why redemption happens. And if it's just about the goodwill, if it's just about how Christmas makes us feel, if it's just about trying to hold on to that, no wonder it dissipates in the long month of January. For who else have felt that you get to the middle of January and thought you have lived about three months so far? It's no wonder that this goodwill that becomes a memory refreshed each year dissipates. So what is it that can fuel our desires? What is it that can fuel our hope for peace and our longing for love and joy and happiness? It is Christ Himself. When we reconnect the feelings and emotions and experiences of Christmas past, present, and future with the message of Christ, the message of the light in the darkness, when we recognize that it is through Christ that transformation happens, it is only then when we can hold on to what we long for this time of year. It is only through clinging to Christ that what normally would simply dissipate into the January wind and snow can fuel us and last us all the year long. Now don't get me wrong, there is always days, even if you follow Christ and cling to Him, where you see darkness where light seems distant and faint. But the promises of God are that no matter how far we have strained, no matter how long it's been since we've looked towards the light, that when we look, we will see it. That's the way light works. Darkness is the absence of light. Light. 
There is no speed of darkness, only speed of light. And when it is lit, when it is passed on, when it is kindled, when it is carried forward, when it is reflected, the darkness of night is dispelled and glory shines brightly again. If we truly wish to live that Christmas spirit each and every day, carrying it in our hearts, then we become like the candles we will be lighting in just a little while. We ignite our flame from the light of Christ. We carry it with us, protecting it, making sure that nothing blows it out, holding it close but letting it shine, and taking that light to wherever we go in the world, wherever there is darkness, wherever there is pain, wherever there is loneliness, wherever there is hopelessness, wherever there is violence and war and hate and division, we carry the light of Christ to dispel the darkness so that those too caught in darkness may one day see the light. This is my prayer for us this evening that we re rekindle the light that we seek, connect deeply with the promises of Christ in our midst, and seeking the transformation that He brings for ourselves and for the world around us. And we become light bearers. Amen. Comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 2 and 7 to 11. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men, and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I wanted to share some of the things that we as a church have done this year, some of which are in the forefront, others are hidden but all are made possible because of God, the generous hearts of those who support those ministries. This year, through a collective effort, we were able to create a food pantry and community garden in Kenya, Africa, at the Center Children and Youth Empowerment Center. Throughout the year, we have a food pantry that runs out of this building every Tuesday morning and a distribution over at Trinity House once a month serving roughly now close to 100 people in our community. 
bringing food and sustenance and some sense of relief over worrying where their next meal will come from to over 50 families served regularly, some of which include children and youth. We endeavor to create a safe place for youth to come and gather, and we are still growing in this area. At Easter, we had a glow-in-the-dark Easter egg hunt and a space where they could dance and sing and have fun and be in one another's company. And just a few weeks ago, we showed a movie on a 22-foot screen and welcomed youth into our midst there as well. There is more that we wish to do, to dispel the darkness in our community and dispel the darkness in our world. And I ask if you would consider giving, not because it's required, not because it's expected. If you did not plan on giving this evening and don't plan on it, that is fine. I will think nothing less of you. Your neighbors will think nothing less of you. But if you wish to support and be a part of the ministries that we are doing and will be doing, you are invited to give. And there are three ways to give. They will all be on the screen above. You can give in the plates that come. You can give online, and you can give via text. Whatever you give, if you choose to give, know that you are enabling life change in our world. In a few moments, we will partake in one of the beloved traditions here at Berwyn, the candle lighting, while singing both Silent Night and Joy to the World. Before we do that, let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks that your presence is indeed with us this evening as we celebrate the gift of your Son, born of a Virgin Mary and placed in such a meager estate. We give you thanks for the light that he shines in our lives and his light that we shine in the darkness around us. Receive the gifts that have been offered this day and receive us who give them. May they enable your light shining, your light bringing in the darkest places of our community and around the world. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. In a few moments, we'll be passing the light from the Christ candle among us. The lights will be turned out. The words will be on the screen so that you can see them. I want to invite you to consider the candle lighting in the way we do it in this way. The light is there for us. Oftentimes we need to bend to see it and to be lit by it. We have to give of ourselves, being willing to give up. And so I invite you for both safety and those reasons that I just said, take your unlit candle, bend it into the lit candle so that you might, your candle may be lit. If you have a glow stick with you, or if you received one as you came in, if you are welcome to break that at this time to let that light shine forth, and we will be passing the light and bringing light to the darkness. Could we play through Silent Night at least a verse while we be- get started? Thank you.
together, Father. Sounding joy, we 
I invite you, hold your candles high. Shine the light of Christ in the darkness. Carry it with you wherever you may go. Take the message that you have heard that God is with us. Emmanuel, share it with all those that need to hear it. Let others share it with you when you need to hear it. And may you go from this place and the joy and love and peace and hope that Christ will come again and will reign and darkness will be dispelled. May you go from this place in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.